Welcome to the Let's Kill It podcast. I'm Janice T, former corporate dropout turned full-time entrepreneur, creator, and lifelong learner. Every single week, I bring you mindset hacks and personal growth tips inspired by real stories and experiences. So if you're an inspiring entrepreneur, entrepreneur, online content creator, or someone who is really looking to grow your business or career and level up your life, well, you're in the right place. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the good stuff begin. This is going to be so juicy and I can't wait to get deep diving into all of this. So sales is always so fun for me because whenever people think about the word sales, it's always something bad, right? It's like, ew, icky salesman vibe. Like, I don't like this. This person is sleazy. There's something about it that just feels, ugh, I I don't like it, right? So no one really has a good impression of the word sales, salesman, sales lady, whatever, everything to do with sales. People are just so funny about this word. Um, but today, I want to like face this word right in the face and really get down into thinking about some things that you are doing and saying possibly in your business and on your sales calls, in your sales meetings that are just really not helping you, right? And the thing that shocked me about this is that so many people are doing it without even realizing it. And in this process, you are actually self-sabotaging your chances of closing sales, of landing those negotiations, and I am here to put an end to that, right? So I'm so excited to dive into this episode. And I'm calling it sales secret exposed. And I want to talk about things that you can change in your sales process that will literally save you thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm that confident of saying it because these are so crucial. And yet so many people have a complete blind spot to it. So I want to first start off by sharing with you five things that you should stop doing in your sales meetings, your sales calls, your sales pitches. And then I'll move on. And I want to talk about five things that you should stop saying in those sales meetings, sales pitches and sales calls. And if you feel triggered by this, that's a good thing because you probably relate to it. And that probably means that you can change something right away. So if you feel like, you know, I'm still closing some sales, things are good. I do have clients, but I know that things could just be 10 times better, a hundred times better. Like I just know I could be so much more in my power when I do sales, especially with certain caliber of clients where I like lose that power. I lose my mojo. Then this is for you. So keep listening. Okay. So I want to start by talking about things that you should stop doing, right? One. Things that you should stop doing. Number one, stop winging it on every sales call. And yes, I'm speaking to those of you who are like procrastinators or those of you who you feel like you are a natural at talking to people. You are a people's person and therefore like you always get along and things are never uncomfortable whenever you talk to someone new. So you feel like, oh, you know what? Why don't I just fake it till I make it? Why don't I just wing it on my sales calls? Do not do that. Okay, like 
making someone comfortable is very different from having a structure that actually helps guide the conversation that helps your prospect go through a logical and emotional thought process throughout that conversation. It is a journey and it is a structured journey um, to bring them through a certain thought process where they can really have a conducive space to think about something, right? So comfortable, being comfortable on the call for both parties. Yes, that is very important, but the structure is completely different. So if you are currently winging every sales call and you have no structure, you might find yourself in a space that like, yeah, the conversation went great. I really vibe with you. I like your style, but they end up not buying. They never ask about the price and they ultimately do not end up contributing to your business at all, right? So that's number one. Stop winging it. Instead, have a structure to frame and guide the conversation intentionally that's number one number two stop talking all the damn time i know some of us just can't help it and you know if you are someone that is just so passionate about what you do i mean it's very natural that you you're like wow finally i have a prospect like finally this person you know we spoke in the dms and now we're on a call we're on a meeting like I'm so excited to share what I have and how I can help transform their lives through my offer. Yes, that is so great. But you should really be talking only one third or maybe 20% of the time. Your client should be talking two thirds to 80% of the time because you need to start realizing that the best sales meetings, the best sales calls are made when you do the least talking and they do the most. Why? Because you are unable to present a perfect solution to someone if you don't really know what they want. And how do you know what they want? How do you know what their problems are? How do you know what the challenges are? How do you know what's been going through their mind literally every day, every night to the point where it's about to drive them insane and they will do anything to make it stop? How do you know? By asking good questions and then listening. The more you listen, the more details you have. The more you listen, the more new ones you have. The more you listen, the more understanding you have on what this person is really, truly looking for, what is really, truly bothering them, and the more able you are to present a solution that is directly tailored and targeted to help them fix this problem, to help them get rid of this block, to help them get what they want. And so the second thing that you really want to stop doing is to really stop talking all the time and start listening more by realizing that the very, very best sales calls are made when you do the least talking and your client, your potential client, your prospect, they do the most because that's where you get the most context and relevance and that's where you're able to best present a dream solution. And at that point, you don't even have to sell. They're like, When is it? When can I start? How much is it? How can I do the transfer? I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, right? So that is key. Number three, stop sending out a proposal 
on the call, like stop doing this. I don't know when or how like this became a thing, but when you are on a call with the person, the prospect, your potential client, you want to give them your full attention. You don't want to be sending out a proposal on the call. Why are you doing that? You have a live human being who is literally talking to you right now, and you want to. Look at your PDF and send it over an email. No, instead of that, what you want to do on the call is you want to show your prospect, your potential client, an offer so good. You want to be telling them about your offer, which, by the way, is literally so mind blowing and is the best thing that will ever happen in their life. And they can feel that, and they can see that, and they can understand that. Hint, hint. How do you present this in this way? By point two, listening to them so that you can actually present it in a way that they're like, "Damn, this is perfect for me." On the call, on the meeting, you want to be able to present an offer that is so good, so mind blowing, so perfect that after the call, the person that you are speaking to naturally ask you. For the proposal, you don't want to send the proposal. You want, don't want to shove any proposal in anyone's face. It is like I know what I bring to the table. I'm just going to share it, and it is so mind-blowingly good to you that after the call, you actually ask me for it. This is so key. This is so important. Okay. Show them an offer so good that they ask you for the proposal after the call. Not the other way around. Not shoving it down their throats while they're live in front of you on a call. This makes all the difference. And if this part is confusing to you, listen to it again. Rewind, rewind. Listen it to, to it again, because this is so much more effective than sending out a proposal on the call and then after that chasing the client and be like, oh, you know, have you had a chance to look at a proposal? Blah blah blah. No, they ask you because what you have is just that good. Not the other way around. Okay, number four. Stop telling your potential client what to do. Stop telling them what to do. Why? Simply because no one likes being told what to do. No one. Okay. Instead, what you can do is help them realize so clearly what needs to be done by asking the right questions. By using the right prompts, so that they realize for themselves, this is what I need to do now. Oh, this is what I need to fix. Oh, it's so clear to me that I need to get this done in my business. And when you ask the right questions and you have the right prompts, and they realize it themselves, they will take the action on what to do. And usually, this might be engaging with you, engaging with your solution, engaging with what you have to offer. But the key is, instead of telling people what to do, ask the right questions to help them realize for themselves what needs to be done, so they can operate from this empowering space, and they also don't feel like, oh, this person is forcing me into a decision because no one likes being forced. The moment something feels forced, what happens? We run away. We sprint away at the fastest speed that our legs can carry us. Right? Like we do not like feeling forced. We do not like people telling us what to do. We do not like not having a choice. So realize this. This is super important. Right? So 
This is key because you know sometimes we are the specialists, we are the experts, and we feel like you know this person doesn't know this. I need to tell them what to do. But change your approach. Instead of telling them what to do, ask better questions so they realize it for themselves, and can take that ownership and can feel empowered that this is coming from me. This is what I decide for myself needs to be done, rather than someone telling me what to do. Okay. Number five, stop trying to convince people of their return on investment. If you find yourself doing this, you probably want to check yourself because it means that maybe you're not that confident in your offer in the first place. So you keep trying to convince people like this is how you're gonna see your ROI. This is gonna be how you see your return on investment. Blah blah blah. Right. So, if you find yourself in that convincing energy, it might be a telltale sign that you are not that confident in your offer in the first place. So, that is something that you want to consider. Right. Instead of trying to convince people on their ROI, what you want to start doing is helping people to see the massive cost of inaction. This right here is key. Instead of trying to convince people on you. The cost of this investment is not that much because this is how you're gonna see your ROI, and that that's how you're gonna see your ROI. Help people to see instead the cost, the massive, humongous, heavy cost of not doing anything. Yes, there is a cost to investing. Yes, there is a cost to taking action. But hey. Have you thought about if you don't take any action, if you don't invest, what is that true cost? And usually, when you're able to do this successfully, the cost of not taking action is literally so massive in the long term that immediately I'm able to draw the line and think, "Oh my God, I should make this investment now." Because the cost of not doing anything and of not investing is so much higher. When you're able to do this, your sales will literally skyrocket. And I'm not even kidding, because this is so huge. It's a no-brainer. Hell yes, I'm in. Let's go. There's no other option, right? So think about how can I help people see the massive cost of not making a move? What does that really mean? As opposed to just trying to go from that convincing, desperate kind of energy of, oh, the cost is not really that much if you invest because this is how you're gonna see ROI. Like that takes you to a whole other place where you're playing small, right? So don't do that. Instead, help people see the massive cost of inaction, and they will be compelled themselves with a drive, with a power, with a fire internally to take action now. So those are five things. That if you're currently doing on sales calls, stop doing them. Your sales calls, your sales meetings, your sales pitches will see a dramatic, drastic change for the better. But also, on top of things that you want to stop doing, I also want to address a few things that you might want to stop saying. And this is just the subtle language that you use in your sales that are really just not helpful, right? And that might even be turning a client away, but they don't even sound that wrong. And so you might not even be realizing that this is self-sabotaging your own sales process. But that is exactly why I'm here, 
putting them out on a table so you can absolutely ace it and kill it in your sales meetings, okay? So the first thing I wanna talk about is you should remove this phrase from your sales dictionary, which is, trust me on this. Oh, trust me on this, Mr. or Miss Client. Like, trust me on this. It is going to XXX. It is going to YYY. Trust me on this. This is actually a really common phrase, but like, don't do it. If you're doing it, don't do it. If you're not doing it, keep it that way. Because why should they? Why should they trust you? Rather than just telling me to trust you, why don't you just show me a reason why I should trust you? Right? The thing is also, no trustworthy person really ever needs to ask for it. Like, if you need to ask someone to trust you, it's actually a sign that I, I probably shouldn't. Right? So instead of asking someone to trust you on this, show them why they should trust you. Don't even talk about it. So that's one. Something quick that you might want to remove from your sales vocab. Trust me on this. It's a no. Or you would be better off without it. Okay? Number two, the phrase to be frank with you. Okay, like what do you even mean when you say to be frank with you? Does this mean that everything that you've told me in the past 35 minutes before you said to be frank with you wasn't frank? Does it mean that like the past 30 minutes of our conversation wasn't frank? It wasn't real? Why are you telling me to be frank with you? Like what does this even mean? It's not something that inspires confidence. It's something that inspires questions. And by questions, I don't even mean good questions. I mean like doubtful questions. It gives off insecure vibes. So cut that line out to be frank with you. Nope. Bye. Done. Number three. Oh, um, I just wanted to follow up because I haven't heard from you. I haven't heard from you. Yeah, no shit you haven't heard from me. There is a reason you haven't heard from me, right? Like if a client is not getting back to you, that's probably a a good reason that you just don't know it yet. So figure it out first. Figure out why is this client not getting back to me? Is it because they felt really pressured and I didn't give them an easy way to get back to me and I put a lot of pressure on them having to say yes? Or is it because they have an objection that I haven't uncovered yet and I don't really know what their true underlying objection is, what that hesitation is? What is it? Why haven't you heard back? Really think about it, figure it out first and then address it. And if you really don't know, what that hesitation is or what the reason is that you haven't heard from them, ask them, right? Ask them, is there something that you feel uncomfortable about that you haven't been able to share or that you haven't had the opportunity to share? Is there something that is on your mind that you you weren't able to share with me in a previous conversation? Um, Here's a space for us to address it right? Figure it out first. What is the reason I haven't heard back from the client? Figure it out. If you don't, if you can't figure it out, ask the client and then address it instead of just saying, oh, I haven't heard from you. Cause like, duh, you haven't heard from me. Like what? It's such a useless thing to say, right? So instead of that, figure out why you haven't heard from them and then address the actual root cause and the root issue. Okay. Number four, this is my favorite. Because 
we're so guilty of this naturally and even for me i had to stop doing this years ago because i just realized this is this is really doesn't help anyone right okay and that is number four just checking in or i just wanted to check in like nobody ever just wants to check in okay like when you hear just wanted to check in it's probably like, uh, what does this person want from me now, right? Because no one just checks in, quote unquote. It's like, just checking in said no one ever. Everyone hates this, okay? No one just checks in. Just avoid, avoid, avoid. Get to the point. What do you actually want to say? Do you want to say, hey, Mr. Client or hey, Miss Client, I wanted to update you on this new offer that I have. Or, hey, Miss Client, I noticed that your payment hasn't come in from your subscription. I just wanted to give you a gentle reminder. What is it? Stop saying just checking in. No one just checks in. Get straight to the point. You know, get get right to it. There is no point in saying just checking in. It's just redundant. It doesn't really help. It doesn't inspire confidence. I don't even know why it's there. If it's there in your world, get it out. Okay. Number five, what you should remove from your sales vocabulary I think this is probably the best. I think this is probably the best. Okay. There are so many things wrong with this statement because probably, I think, like, wh what are you thinking? And is it real or is it probable? Like, when you use these uncertain and very vague kind of vocab in your language, it doesn't inspire confidence in me as a client. It just makes me feel like you don't know your stuff. Okay, so stop using probably, maybe, possibly, I think, I'm, I'm thinking, like stop using all these fluffy language and indecisive language. Be confident and use decisive language. It shows, it makes an impact. And those are the five things that you wanna remove from your sales vocabulary. Um, if you're using it, if you're not, great. If you are, stop, right? So we, we went through five things that you should stop doing when it comes to your sales process, as well as five things that are in your vocabulary, possibly that you might want to remove from your sales vocabulary. Um, sales is one of my favorite topics. We dive into this so much with my one-on-one -on -one clients in private coaching and also in the Audacity, which is our year-long VIP membership where we delve into like every single topic under the sun from sales to messaging to copywriting to branding to your inner identity work but sales is really something that is so fun and i think that's the key thing that i want to bring across to you guys is that sales is a process that takes mastery right but along the way as you refine your language as you refine the way you position yourself as you refine the way you communicate your offer as you refine the way you present yourself whether it's um, offline to a client face to face whether it's on zoom or whether it's online to your target audience when you constantly refine this process it is a process that gets to be fun it is a process that you get to you know try it out and eventually you get to this place as with many of my clients where you get to this place with the right strategies, with the right languaging, with the right refinement that we delve into that you actually end up in a place where you know whenever you sell, it's gonna be a hit. But that takes refinement, that takes practice and it gets to be fun along the way. So I hope as a start, 
This episode really helped you think about a few things in your sales. If you have any other questions, you are always welcome to send me a private message on DM. I'm most active on Instagram at janice.t, that's J-A-N-I-C-E dot T-E. If you have any questions on sales, marketing, branding, anything related to growing your business, I would love to connect with you guys there. If not, I hope you guys got so much value from this episode on sales. I had so much fun and... I hope to see you guys in the next one. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I hope it inspired you on your journey towards that next level in your business and life. Make sure to check out the description for show notes with a full rundown of all the juicy details and important links that you need. Also, make sure to share this with a friend if you found this useful and subscribe here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It would genuinely mean the world to me to hear from you. So share a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and let me know which part of this episode resonated with you the most. In case no one's told you lately, you are amazing and absolutely capable of creating the extraordinary life that you dream of and deserve. Now it's time to go out there, do the hard stuff, and let's kill it.